DC chillin', PG chillin', my name Wale and I came to get it, came to get it, came to get it, my name Wale, shit, Season 3, Episode 8 of the All Things Sports Podcast, what up, how we doing? My name is Matthew Gordon, alongside all my co-hosts today, we got an action-packed episode today, we got a lot of activities to do, a lot of sports to talk about. We haven't even talked about the Super Bowl, which was an awesome game. Unfortunate ending, but that's what it is sometimes. So let's talk about that. We have a diehard Eagles fan in this podcast right now, and I think he's ready to talk about this game. So I'll let him take it away. Take it away for him. What do we think? Yeah, I was dreading talking about this, but I mean – one of the storylines we talked about going in was the experience on the coaching staff of the Chiefs versus the lack thereof of the Eagles. And Andy Reid just absolutely brain-fucked Jonathan Gannon. One of the worst coaching performances I've ever seen. Like all season, he failed to make any sort of adjustments. And, I mean, there's a TikTok about it that Brandon sent, but there was that play in week, literally week three where the Jaguars sent Jamal Agnew in motion, in a fake motion, and got him wide open without a defender in sight. Chiefs took that play and did the same exact play, back-to-back red zone drives. And Jonathan Gannon, four months wasn't enough for him to, to realize the loophole in his defense. And it's, it's just a shame. If you look down the rosters, the Eagles really did have the better roster. It's just Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are – you got to give them credit. And, I mean, that call was was awful at that stage in the game. But the bottom line was they lost because of the coaching mismatch. That was not the game right there. Jalen played absolutely perfect football. The offense looked amazing. Just an awful performance by Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, I'll jump into my takeaway. Um, So, obviously, these are two of the best teams in each conference. Eagles definitely deserve to be there for the NFC, and same with the Chiefs uh, for the AFC. Um, But I'll start off with the the Eagles, and you kind of cover it with Jalen Hurts. The guy played an unbelievable game, and he has nothing to be, uh, you know, upset about. Um, So, as far as the Eagles, they were the better team. Um, We said it last podcast also, it's going to have to be a great game for Mahomes, and obviously they still have Andy Reid, but position by position, besides fan and quarterback, the Eagles did have the advantage. Um, but just goes to show you, man, Andy Reid, we said it last time also, and, you know, he kind of came out here and showed it again of just how insane of a coach he is. And I think, in my opinion, he's the best coach in the NFL. Arguably, I think one of the best coaches ever the NFL has ever seen. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy for Andy Reid. Um, it was an unbelievable game. I'm happy that as an NFL fan, like what a crazy game to watch. I think one of the best Super Bowls that I've ever seen. Um, and, yeah, just all the credit goes to Andy Reid. What a fucking insane coach. And, uh yeah, all the respects to Andy Reid. Yeah, I saw rumors that uh, Sirianni actually left Gannon in Arizona. He's like, nope, you're not coming back. Like, just go interview there. But I, I thought it was like from a like a fan standpoint, you couldn't have asked for a better game. Obviously, that call at the end kind of, I don't want to say ruined the game, but the way that the game had been called, I don't think that should have been a penalty. It probably was, but like Jack said, I mean, that's not what cost them, the Eagles, the game. Uh, I think that the Chiefs scored on, like, the first four possessions of the second half. It was just tiny little mistakes that all added up. I mean, that coaching staff is unbelievable for the Chiefs, so you got to give them credit there. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where that call, I mean, there was a little hold. Bradbury even said himself he tugged on the jersey. But, I mean, even Darius Slay came out and said it. Every play, if you look down the line, there's a hold somewhere on the field. And they did not call defensive holding all game. And in the biggest play of the whole season, they decide, oh, here's a good time to start calling it. And, I mean, that that ball was overthrown by Mahomes, too. There's no way in hell Juju catches that ball. And then Jalen gets the ball down three with a minute 40. Who knows what happens there, the way he's been playing. But it's just unreal because I've watched this team every second of the season. And I've said all year, we rush for every play, sit back in the zone, and then you get into the red zone and we do the same thing except play a soft man. And the Chiefs knew exactly what to do. They schemed guys wide open in the middle of the field. They threw a bunch of screens, bunch of end arounds to get it out quick. Our D-line didn't even have a chance to be a factor because 75% of the time they were either throwing a screen or running it or throwing a quick dump off. But, I mean, it's just how the fuck do you not expect that as Jonathan Gannon? I mean, you've done the same thing all year and you've gotten away with it playing against shitty quarterbacks and having the most talented defense in the NFL. But in this game, you have two weeks to prepare, and they know exactly what you're going to do. And you give Andy Reid that time to, to work with Mahomes on the wrinkles in that defense. I mean, I said it all year. I was scared to play a guy like Mahomes or, or Josh Allen because, you know, anyone at the top of the game can pick apart those holes. And Jonathan Ginn was absolutely exposed, and he got rewarded with an NFL head coaching job, which is just truly remarkable. Well said. I mean, the only thing that the only thing that's interesting, uh, just to jump in with that penalty, everyone's talking about how that penalty should have been called. It was a penalty, and like these refs are paid to call penalties when they're penalties. Um, I just think that's a stupid argument because if that penalty wasn't called, we'd be talking the exact same thing, saying. The Chiefs got fucked. Why didn't the penalty get called? Because it was a penalty. So it's just like a stupid narrative to me to say that that game was blown because of that call. Because it was, at the end of the day, it was the right call. No one's arguing. Uh, we all said, like, the way the game had been called, we were surprised that was called. It was, like, Bradbury said it was a penalty himself. No one's arguing that. If you think, go on, Brandon. Sorry. No, I lost my train of thought. If you think about it, it's like in the NBA playoffs, the refs call a little bit less. They let the guys play. NFL, that game, they were letting guys play. There was a few plays where even the Eagles earlier in the earlier in the game probably got away with some holds. The Chiefs left tackle once or twice on Hassan Reddick, got away with the hold, but that's playoff football. They were letting them play. And then that play, yeah, he tugged on the jersey a little bit, but that in no way impaired Juju's speed or any yes, sort it of, did. Oh my God! I think I think I think regardless, the ball was overthrown did. for sure. The ball was definitely overthrown, but that definitely stopped Juju from running a full route. Either way, it was a penalty. Like for sure, it was definitely a penalty, no, no doubt. But I think in that late of the game, you shouldn't be calling that just just because of it's like that much of an effect on the game. But it still was a penalty, hundred percent. And also, another thing that is worth pointing out is wide receivers generally always think there's a penalty and if there is a penalty you always see some sort of reaction juju earlier in the game um bradbury actually might have gotten away with something earlier in the game and juju threw his arms up in the air 
after that play, Super Bowl on the line, Juju didn't even argue at all before he saw the flag. He had no facial expression. The flag was thrown 20 yards behind him. He wasn't even looking for the flag because I think even he wasn't expecting that to be called. And if you think Juju Smith was impaired by that small half a second tug on the jersey, I mean, I don't think my grandma walking to senior bingo would have slowed down by that little tug. That was just one of the worst timings and calls I've seen in my life. Uh, I don't know. At the end of the day, it's a penalty, though, and it was called. Like, I mean, you can say what you want, time of the game, whenever it should have been called, but it was called, and I think that's the bottom of the story because, like I said, if the reversal happened, we'd be saying how the Chiefs got fucked and they should they should have called a penalty. So it's just a dumb narrative. For me. I totally agree with that because if it wasn't called – there would have been an outrage and it would have been worse because it was actually a flag. Don't agree with how it ended, but the reality is. I honestly think the refs let the boys play for most of the game. And I think it was a, it was a good officiated game, honestly, by the NFL. I don't think the refs really controlled the game at all. The thing that annoyed me with the game was the pass rush being non-existent because of the field. I mean, the field was like being taken care of for years or whatever. Like they were so proud of how the field was being like taken care of and then everyone was slipping so that just eliminated both teams pass rush and it was so annoying jason but, kelsey said he was fine with it he said he i wouldn't bring in the field i, the I mean that's a good point but every I think pass rusher on both teams were falling i'm not talking about play- the chiefs players, always line played a great game as well like you can't bring this no, i'm not saying they didn't i'm just saying pass rushers on the eagles no it, it, is, a shame. it is a shame no the field was bullshit i mean it's it, ginger's yeah, got a point the fact like, that the nfl was working on that field for supposedly two years and put out a product where they the players couldn't even stand up on the fucking field. That's a complete joke. It's a complete problem. And, <laughs> and like Ginger said, there was like I think there was one sack the entire game. And they, I think it was the Chiefs actually sacking Hurts. If I'm correct, it, I don't know. Yeah, one yes, sack. Yeah, he kind of ran was, out of bounds. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't even like a sack. Right. That's that's exactly my point. I mean, you can credit the Chiefs all line, but like that fucking field was a joke. I mean, it's actually crazy. It changed the whole game. Joke. So I have a question. Will the Eagles be back there next year? What do we think? I think they have like the third or fourth or fifth best odds, like plus 900. I mean, division should be, I don't want to say a lock again, but they should have like fairly easy time with the division. And the NFC as a whole is still just weak as hell. Tom Brady's retiring. I mean, I, it's definitely very possible and likely that they make it back. So I'm not gonna say yes. I probably probably would take the field against the Eagles in the NFC, but I it's a hundred percent, you know, very likely that they will end up back there. Yeah. yeah, I think there's no question. I mean, you just look across the NFC. I mean, the same teams I think that'll probably stand out to me are the Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys will be a threat. I mean, depending where Rodgers goes, it sounds like he's gonna go to the NFC. That eliminates Green Bay. I mean, you probably have to bring in teams like Detroit, honestly. And, like, I just don't think teams like that are going to really threaten the Eagles by any means. So, in my opinion, it's between the Eagles and San Fran again. And hopefully we don't get a situation where Josh Johnson's on the football field and then it's championship. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Eagles still will have the best roster next year. The Niners are going to be tough. But, I mean, to make it to the Super Bowl – so many things have to go your way. We're going to have such a tough schedule next year. Our coaching staff is still suffering from autism. I mean, 
Sirianni has to be one of the worst coaches to ever be that close to a Super Bowl. The guy's a cheerleader that gets babysat by Jalen on the sidelines. Gannon is a joke. I mean, the fact that they could do that with that coaching staff. Steichen was great, but he's gone now. So, I mean, there's a lot of question marks. The Eagles are going to have to re-sign a lot of guys. Um, it's it's going to be tough for them to get back, but they are lucky the NFC is very weak. So, they're, they're definitely going to be a favorite. Yeah. So, what a NFL season we had. It was fun debating that, and we'll talk about free agency soon in the draft. It begins in a couple weeks. Um, the NBA. <laughs> the NBA is getting crazy. Kevin Durant was traded to Phoenix. Trade deadline was just wild. I mean, there were a lot of mid-trades, but then the Durant woes bomb happened at like 2 a.m., so craziness. What do we think about KD to the Suns? How do we feel about the Suns coming out of the West? Shoot. I mean, it's yeah, that's gonna be right, go uh, ahead, Matt. My fault. You're good. I mean, it's obviously a great pick. Nobody's gonna say it's dumb. Like Kevin Durant's, if not the most talented player in the NBA, and he is probably the most talented player in the NBA. It's nobody's gonna say it's a bad pickup. It's a great pickup. Um, I think one of the pods we were debating, or not debating, we were just doing our like NBA picks. I had the Suns going without Kevin Durant from the West. Um, and now that they had Durant, I think it's you know. Nothing's a lock. NBA, the Warriors are still phenomenal and stuff. But, I mean, KD there, it's going to be very, very fun to watch him play there with uh, everybody else around him. So, I love that. But, um, yeah, that's my opinion on the Suns. That's a great pickup. Yeah, I just don't know how they're going to be in the playoffs. They've had such a talented team for years. This is the best team they've had, obviously, so it's a little different. I think it all comes down to CP3. You know KD is going to show up. You know, Buck's going to show up. If CB3 can play like prime, not even prime CB3, but like as good as he was in the regular season two years ago, CB3, then I just don't see a team beating them. I do love the Mavericks now with Kyrie and Luka. They've looked dominant. And obviously, you know, we say the Warriors can't be counted out. There's just a lot of good teams, a lot of good teams in both conferences. And I think Adam Silver said it. This has been the most competitive NBA season in the history of the NBA. I don't know if I agree with that, but I do agree that this year is a very competitive year. So it's interesting. I do like the addition for the Suns. They kept Aiden, Booker, and CB3 and still got KD. Crazy. So we'll see. They're in a good spot. I do, what? I, I just want to cut you off real quick. You said about Booker, like keeping all those guys. I will say it gets kind of like overlooked. Mikel Bridges is a fucking dog. Like he he's insane. Right. Like that's they a had huge... to give him up to get Katie. No, I know. I'm just saying like you said, like keeping all those guys, but like Mikel Bridges, like obviously Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant, but I think he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. And losing him really hurts the Suns um on both sides of the, the court, defensively and offensively. So I mean the Nets got a gem in him, I think. Well, it was a good deal for he's uh, a stud. Good deal for Brooklyn. But what I don't understand about Brooklyn is that they could have flipped Bridges for four first round picks from Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't understand why they didn't do they didn't do that because then they would have eight first round picks for essentially Kevin Durant. So yeah, they're idiots. Um, I, I love the trade for him. I think Stephen A. Smith said it best. Kevin Durant, all he has to do is be himself. He doesn't have to be a vet. That's why CP3 is there. He doesn't have to be a leader. He doesn't have to be you know the young superstar. He's everything he around him. He has to be their he best. Just to be himself. He has to be the best player and the, and their leader. I, I disagree with that completely. He, he's not going to have to drop thirty five every night. Yes, he is. Yeah, my my takeaway from this trade is um, 
a little different. I just think ever since that KD move where he left OKC and went to Golden State and formed that super team, the whole way the NBA is managed has changed. Like when we were growing up, you saw like a team have the same core of guys for five to six years and they'd add some youngsters, they'd add maybe a free agent veteran here and there. But now it's like every year or two, a star player is on a new team. And it's like, how often do you see a guy of KD and Kyrie's caliber both traded at the trade deadline? Like, it's like these guys are just so used to shuffling teams, trying to find a super team that it's just kind of like pick up basketball at LA Fitness. Like, oh, you lost? Yeah, I'll run with you guys next. And it's just, it. I mean, it's competitive and it's it's good in a way, but there's just no like, there's no grind in this these guys these days. It's it's, it's so weird. The one team that it's kind of funny no one ever talks about is the Nuggets. I mean, are we just not going to talk about how Nikola Jokic just owns the NBA these days and he just shows up night in night out? Like, they're my second pick. We talk about like, them. Did you and I brought I up mean, last we, podcast? How we love them. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't think we took that. I don't think they get enough talk about. It. I think everyone just goes immediately to Golden State and Phoenix and kind of just overlooks Denver. Yeah. Um, the one thing about them is they kind of feel a lot like the Buffalo Bills, where they're just one of those teams that just always shows up in the regular season, kind of just goes all out every game. Where it feels like the NBA is kind of not like that these days. These guys are taking load management and really just preparing for the NBA playoffs. And that's a whole other discussion because I think that's a huge problem in the league. But, I mean, those, the Nuggets are – they're going to be a tough team. They've built a lot of shooters around Nikola Jokic and those boys. And I don't know. I think that's a team that definitely can give the Suns a run for their money. 100%. I don't know where this uh, this uh, underdog narrative is stemming from. Yeah, they're definitely underdog. Um, I mean, they're 100% an underdog. Like, no, if you look not. at the odds of Vegas. No, they're they're number one team in the West. They're not an underdog. They're a number one team in the West, but no one talks about them. I do agree with Vela. Like, no one ever considers them, like, a legit contender, I feel like. But this year, I feel like they're considered as one. If, if like, they're healthy and Jamal Murray's playing, then they're and Michael Porter's healthy, like, 100% they're contenders. Right, so, I guess we're all on the same page, but I think – in the broad scope of sports, I have not seen the Nuggets headlined anywhere on SportsCenter. Okay. Being like, they're contenders. That's, Aside no, from that's Jokic, very fair. That's very, very valid. Everyone talks about the Warriors, Suns, and Mavs. He's right. Like, I agree with that, but I also just – I don't know. Like, you're right, but you're wrong. Because no, how, they are the number one team in the West. But, yes, they don't get a lot of media attention. But they're also not a big market. So, it's like – like, I see what you're saying. All right, so – all right, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. Yeah, we are. Um, okay, so for the next segment, we are going to do something I came up with. Or not I came up with. I think Jack came up with this. NBA player comparisons to an NFL player. We're each going to give one and give a brief explanation as to why. And I'll go first. This one's kind of obvious, but I'm going to take the Steph Curry and uh, Pat Mahomes comparison i think both are a tier under someone else i feel like when it comes to resume slash overall greatness i think steph curry is below lebron and i think mahomes is a tier below brady when it comes to success so i think both of them are dominant in their era 
both are extremely talented at what they do. They're both playmakers. They both kind of revolutionized the game in some aspect. Steph was shooting Mahomes with his on the run ability and just every kind of crazy throw he makes. And yeah, that is my comparison. Anyone can go next. I'll go next. I'll keep mine short and sweet. Um, I'll go with my favorite player, AR12, Mr. Rogers. And I'm going to compare him to Kevin Durant. I think I've seen it a lot on like social media and TikToks a lot. I've seen it a lot in places. Hold on. You compared Rogers and Durant? Oh. What's wrong with that? I need to see where you're going with this. Keep going. My, my, my opinion is they, they, their talent is absolutely unmatched, but they haven't won enough, either of them. They don't have enough wins. What's 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 wrong with that, wrong with that comparison? Is that not is that not a true thing what I'm saying here? Someone want to say something about the Durant has two Durant has two rings, right? Durant what? Yeah. Isn't Durant have two. Yeah, Rodgers has one ring. Brandon, JJ, you, you had your reactions. Want to say something about it now? <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think Durant is more dominant in a sport than Rodgers is, but that's just okay. me. I think the talent's retarded for both of them, but the winning is not enough. That's my thing with both of them. Rodgers is like Kyrie. That's the best comparison. For- yeah, I was going to say. No, I didn't say character. I said ability. And Rodgers' talent's unmatched. So I don't know. Who, you, Brent, what's your reasoning to argue, argue against it? You guys are laughing. Not giving I mean, Durant's at least been to the finals, what, three, four times? Okay. Like Four, yeah. Like Rodgers can't even, Rogers can't even get back to the damn conference championship. He's like one in okay. four there. He's been three with Golden State and one with OKC, right? Yeah, that's so. a really generous comparison for Rod. It's also really hard to go not go to the finals and be on the Warriors with the team that they had. I'm just saying that's that's hard not to do that. All but right, somebody anyway. can go next. Everybody reactive. Nobody gave you a reason, but did we not all just give a good reason? Okay, go ahead. You can go on opinion. It's not like a correct no. Yeah, statement. that's just that's what I've seen. I that's what I think. Right. So so go next. Holmes, Rogers, KD, Balo. I'll go ahead, and this isn't going to be a comparison to an NFL player, but Russell Westbrook, just compare him to your neighborhood whore. The guy just get gets passed around every freaking season, and it's actually just like that may have been the dumbest thing I've ever heard. How's that dumb? The guy's been fully because Russell Westbrook has the most triple doubles of all time. What what are you talking about? (laughs) I like that bit. He's not. He's not that far off. Every team will have a one season stand with him trying to convince themselves that he's good and then he's right. just thrown away like trash. But he's in the another, end of his career. Team. Like he's like prime rush. This man has he's been passed pick. around to six different teams in five years. He is your definition of your Ginger loves player. Westbrook, bro. Don't talk about Westbrook like that. Ginger loves him. I mean his Westbrook is like look, look genuine genuinely I feel bad for the guy. Like I'm not I'm not saying this is like a dag dagger at him. I'm just saying if you were to compare Russell Westbrook to anything, he is your neighborhood whore. Because he has just been literally <laughs> circulated in the NBA. Well, who's your NFL player? I'm confused. I don't have one. He's in the neighborhood. Hello. That was idiotic. I'm very confused. Someone Someone let's, how about this? Let's, let's go back to Bailey with Jack, NFL comparison. Uh, Hold on. On, the, on that topic, though, I have a great comparison for Westbrook. I was going to do mine. Russell Westbrook and Deshaun Jackson. What? I don't think there's disrespect right now. That, that that's so disrespectful. Disrespect. What is going on? That's very disrespectful, Brandon. He's an MVP. Like what, what, what's going on? Sean Jackson was like arguably a top five. Sean Jackson. Sean Jackson never sniffed like uh anywhere close to an MVP of his. So of Russell West was being compared to a whore and Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> I like my whore take a lot <laughs> what is, better than what is Deshaun Jackson. 
All I was going to say is they both have some uh, on the field slash court questionable plays, but are also like, have had some ridiculous superstar plays. Yeah, now, now Russ did that. that. But what about when he was on the Thunder? What about that? He still are made some idiotic plays. That when he was like a dominant player in the league? He's just a funny and player. Deshaun like Jackson Lamar was never Jackson. dominant in the league. Bro, Deshaun Jackson was fine. He was like for, a, for a solid four or five like special teams punter. Like he was a great receiver. No, no, no. no, he, no, no. He, he was the best like, He was the best deep threat in the league for a solid four or five years. This is a sports podcast. We gotta be like this. We need better takes here. Deshaun. Jackson, right, I have two. I have two very good comparisons for this. First is Carson Wentz and Ben Simmons. Both guys came that's out a, with a good so one. much promise. All the physical tools. Ben Simmons, six eight point guard who can handle it, but also guard a four. And then Wentz has the biggest arm and can make all these crazy throws. And they both are more mentally weak than a teenage girl going through changes in their body. Both of them, one boo could spark them to sit out for three months. Um, they both had the worst contracts I've ever seen in my life. And now they're both at ages where they're still in their prime and they're fucking chopped liver because they're both useless at their respective sports. And then going back to the other one we were going to say, I was going to say Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie. I didn't want to double up on Rodgers. But both guys have all the talent in the world, got a Super Bowl slash NBA Finals early in their career. And ever since, they make headlines for anything but their sport doing darkness retreats or investigating JFK's murder, whatever the fuck those two do in their free time. But <laughs> both just have all the talent in the world, and I don't think anyone wants to play with them. Kyrie can't be, more ha- can't be happy for more than a week, and then Aaron Rodgers loses his best receiver with his ability. Um, both of them will never win, but they'll probably have like 37 conspiracies by the time their career ends. I'm not going to get into this about playing with them because there's reports on TMZ and all these different reports you see and all these different articles about Rodgers players literally begging him to come back, such as Aaron Jones, Alan Lazard, all these guys, MBS, even saying on the Chiefs that he thinks Rodgers is still – this is crazy. I think it's not true, but MBS did say it. I can show you guys the quote that he's better than Mahomes. I don't agree with it. But Rodgers, to not – to say that people don't want to play with Rodgers is a very, very dumb take because people do want to play with Rodgers. I know it's getting <laughs> off track. But um, this is getting very off track. But uh, I was trying to jump in when you said that because Kyrie is a lot different than Aaron Rodgers. But they're both. At least I didn't. I didn't compare him to a neighbor at whore though. Kyrie is yeah, like that's not. True. That's true. That's true. I can't believe you guys don't like that take. I love. I yeah, love the neighbor. I supported it, Baylor. I supported it. I think it's an amazing take. But Wait, but Baylor, hold on. I think he's agree. a little bit better than a neighbor at whore. Since but you said at this point, whore, can is. you can you do an NFL comparison, Baylor? Since you said neighbor. I'm, actually, way, give a four. Neighborhood whore is not. Is not saying that he sucks Wait, at Bela. basketball. I agree that he's good at basketball. Your neighborhood whore is good at sex. That's why she's a whore. Wait, Bela, didn't whore. Say Gabe Wait yo, Bela, Bela, hold up, hold up. Hey, like Since we're doing comparisons, can you give like a specific whore that we can compare him to? I'm not gonna name names. That's that's <laughs> taking this a little too far. But your neighborhood whore, I think, is an ideal spot for Russell Westbrook. Wait, hold up. One more thing. We went, yeah. we went from, we went from comparing an NBA to an NFL player to Bayless saying someone's good at sex on this yeah. podcast. If you're a whore in the Lakelands, we're gonna start calling you Russell Westbrook. All right, nice. Nice. <laughs> shut up. Okay. I agree. All right, that was, good, that was fun. The next segment we're gonna do is something I came up with. It's called the Grid Challenge, and. It's a fun one. So I'm going to share my screen with everybody. I have a grid, a three, a four by four grid, really three by three grid. Um, So on the top, 
it's going to be the Pats logo, Chiefs logo, Cowboys logo. On the x-axis or the y-axis it's going to be the dolphins logo ravens logo and the eagles logo the goal of this is to name a player that played for both teams that correspond with the x-axis team and the y-axis team so for example we're gonna it's gonna be like a popcorn whoever can name it gets it right pats and dolphins a player that played for both teams chiefs and dolphins and then cowboys and dolphins then pats and ravens so on and so forth so i'm gonna name the team Whoever has a player that played for both teams, you just shout it out loud. And we're going to try to do this under 45 seconds. So I'm going to share my screen. Is it had, are they all current players? Um, no, but they're all relevant. I mean, it could be anyone, but the players I have in mind are Kyle Van Noy. Let's not start yet. Too bad. Okay. Devontae Parker. The, t- the time. Starts. Sorry. Timer has begun now. Devontae Parker for sure. Yes. And then you go Tariq Hill. Yep. And then for the Cowboys and Dolphins. Wow. Who is that? Demarcus Robinson, Chiefs Ravens. Yep. Good good one, Matt. They're on Cowboys and Dolphins. Why do we have to go in order? You just jump around. Yeah, we don't have to go in order. All right, fine. Demarcus Robinson. Patriots, Ravens, Judon. Michael Judon. Matt Judon. Yeah. yeah. Eagles, Pats, Nelson Aguilar. Yep. <laughs> Who's Cowboys? Who's Eagles? Chiefs, Eagles? Eight seconds left. We're not going to do it, but keep going. I feel like it's like a defensive back. Cowboys, Eagles, Jason Peters. Um, I'm trying to think of Cowboys, Eagles, Eagles Chiefs. Shady McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, yeah. LaShawn McCoy. All right, which one? I think Cowboys, Cowboys and Dolphins is left. Oh, I got it. Uh, what's his name? The receiver. Who fucking – he looks um... – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Noah Brown? Fantasy. Noah Brown? Nope. No, no, no. No, not Noah Brown. The other one. What's begins with a C. C- oh, no. Carter? <laughs> nope. Something Carter? He's not – he's not charged. I had a nickname. Don't look it up. Don't cheat either. Don't cheat. Hey, Willie. What's his name? Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson. Um, That's a tough one. for Eagles and Pats included Steven Nelson. I also had Jeremy Macklin for Eagles and Chiefs. And then DeMarco Jeremy Murray Macklin. for Eagles and Cowboys. That was fun. All right. We'll do one next week. That was cool. Thank you for that. And that leads us to our next topic, which is who would you rather have right now? NBA edition. I put together some pairs. Just say who you'd rather have. Let's keep this brief. We could probably argue this for a long time. Dame Lillard or Ja Morant right now? I would say definitely Ja. Definitely Ja. You think definitely? That's, I mean, that's, really, that's a really good one. Are we saying just this year or going forward? Right now. I'd probably still take like, Ja. Hmm. I love Ja. I think Ja's a horse. He's a beast, but 100, 100, 100% Dame Dalla. This is like really, really, really close. It's Dame. Brandon, you're up. I think it's Dame also. I'm still a bit lost. Like you say right now, I would take Ja because he's younger. No, no, no. Like, no, no, no. no, To win this year. Oh, Dame, easily. Not easily. Ginger, what do you think? 
I say Dame. I don't like Dame, but I think Dame's better than Ja right so now. Four Dame, one Ja. Okay, and who's next? That's it. Okay. There's that only five fun. of us. Next one is KD or Braun. LeBron James. I don't to know. Win this I'm year. LeBron based off of this year. They're both part-time players, so. It's yeah, like- LeBron, because at least the guys in the locker room are going to rally behind him, and KD is just going to be a cancer and a distraction. I'll take LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. Any KD? Probably LeBron. It's just hard. KD's so fucking good. LeBron sweep. Embiid or Jokic? Jokic, hands down. Jokic. Jokic, for sure. But it's still close, but it is Jokic, for sure. Yeah. I think Jokic is the best player in the NBA. Jokic sweep. Okay, Doncic or Giannis? Luka or Giannis? I knew this one was coming. That's also a great one. I feel like it's easily Giannis. Not easy. God, it's not easy. Not I, guys, I, think, I, mean, I think it is Giannis, but those are the two two best players in the NBA, in my opinion. Well, that's a really hard one, honestly. I think it, also depends, it depends what kind of team you're working with. Because, like, if you've got a sick defensive team and then you just need a score, Luka's better offensive than Giannis. But Giannis just does so many things. If you're starting a team from scratch, you got to take Giannis. Agree. Um, last one, De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton? Fox. Oh, my God. De'Aaron Fox one. by a mile. I don't think you guys have watched Halliburton enough this year, but. You need, to, you need to give us ones that are more difficult. Fox needs to get more credit. He is a superstar. Halliburton, low key, like, besides his other had an unreal year. And it goes in. Halliburton's been under the radar, like, balling. I think it's close in my opinion. I'd still go with Fox, but Tyrese having an unreal year, all star and everything. So everyone says Fox. Yeah. Okay. So the last segment we have today. So obviously, coaching hires have taken over the NFL news realm. And I picked five coaches that I view as like the top five hires. And I want to like briefly discuss each of them and also say the record of the team that we think they're going to have next year. Um, I want to talk about the commanders hiring the enemy. Um, I said something stupid in, with us a couple days ago when he got hired. I at first thought that this was a stupid investment and it was just pointless because he's working with a quarterback that hasn't played in the NFL and he went from such a great offense to mid offense, but you know, he wasn't an assistant head coach. I think he's in this to take over the head coaching role at some point. He's a mastermind. He's ran the best offense in the league for the past couple of years. So I do think this is a good hire for Washington. And I think, well, I'll, we'll talk about the records after we all discuss what we believe. What's really interesting about the, the enemy hire is what LaShawn McCoy has come out and say about, come out and said about the enemy there. He says, and I think it's pretty evident that all of Andy Reed's plays were Andy Reed's plays, but the enemy didn't create the plays. They were his plays. Um, he's never called plays. And the fact that McCoy also has played for the enemy and saying that it's a bad hire for Washington. I don't know. That really concerns me as a Redskins fan. I actually, I'm actually going to defend the Redskins on this one 
I think you look at all the great coaches and they all have come from under other great coaches. Like the Andy Reid coaching tree is ridiculous. I mean, he had Doug Peterson under him. The names go on and on. I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan was under him at one point. But there's been so many quarterback or good coaches produced from Andy Reid. And Bianami didn't call plays. It was all Andy Reid, which obviously you're going to have it that way if you have a coach of his caliber. But bianami has been there for like seven, eight years just learning under Andy Reid. He is 100% an upgrade of the offensive coordinator position for 80% of teams. And, I mean, I'm shocked that the commanders were able to get him, to be honest, because I don't know who would ever want to coach for an organization like that. But we'll see. We'll see how it works out. I think – all the Chiefs players, like Jamal Charles, Tariq Hill, they all bashed LaShawn McCoy for his comments. And you also got to think LaShawn was there for two years and barely got playing time because he was That's back in his career. Yeah. So I'm by sure the way, by the way I, was not, I was not bashing – I was not bashing the skins for the hire. I think it's a good hire. I just think it's a little concerning that the guy has interviewed for 16 different teams as a head coach and hasn't gotten a, gotten a job under that offense. Um, there's obviously something more that we don't know as the as the viewer of the sport, and it's just a little concerning. But I I do think from the outside looking in, it's a very good hire for the Redskins. So it's just it, it's is, interesting when you're when you're a coordinator on one of these top teams. A lot of these other organizations hire a head coach before the season's over. So like by the time he's ready to interview, a lot of these jobs have been have been. Uh, like dealt out already and I think that's part of it but yeah it definitely is surprising he's never got a head coaching job 16 interviews I mean that's crazy there's something there's something more to it that just I don't know it's it maybe doesn't sit more. well with me maybe I mean, there's something look, more but I wouldn't say it's concerning it's a good thing not. we didn't hire him to be our head coach then right he's not like getting too much more responsibility if any more at all He's an assistant head coach. He's a pretty high priority. I know you guys are not Ron Rivera fans, but would you take Bianami as a head coach over Ron Rivera? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> okay, enough. Uh, oh, let's talk about the record. I think the commanders will go 9-8 and eight next year. I don't think they're going to do that much better than they have in the past. So the normal, we'll draft in the 9-14 to 14 range, as per usual. Say 6-11. and 11. Yeah, I'll go seven and ten. That's what I was gonna say. Seven and ten. Um, I think Rogers comes and he go undefeated. <laughs> and then you woke up. Okay. The next hire is Jonathan Gannon to the Cardinals. I think someone's gonna have a lot to say about this one. Um questionable hire, though, I agree. Um I, I don't really I know. Mean- I don't For think, who knows, right? Like all I have to say is I don't think anyone's expecting anything from them. Kyler Murray's out until I think they said midseason. JJ Watt just retired. DeAndre Hopkins is going to get traded. They have, I think, the worst odds in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. So I don't really I'm, like. Do they really? I think so. Yeah. So I mean, it's unreal. I'm not is no. Anything. Like Brandon's saying, I don't think any team is in a worse position. Not only this year, but going forward for the next few years than the Arizona Cardinals. And this was probably the most important signing they've had in a while. And they decide that the guy that just let up 40 points in a Super Bowl when his team dominated time of possession is the guy that's going to get him out of this hole. I mean, it's <laughs> like 
it's like someone getting shot four times and you go and get an elementary school nurse to be like, yeah, save the day. I mean, this guy could not be less experienced. He has two plays, two years of calling defensive plays, and the guy was awful with so much talent. The Cardinals are going to be bad for a very long time, and Cardinals Gannon, Gannon's going to be on LinkedIn in two years. Can I just sidetrack that real quick? What do you guys think of Kyler? Because I know my opinion on him. What do you guys think about Kyler? I personally still believe in Kyler, but that's just me. I, yeah, I don't think he's, he's had... surrounded by nothing. Yeah. Well, Hopkins is great. Ertz is fine. Who else? You have Hollywood? I don't think it's the weapons that are the issue. I think it's the coaching and the like. He's he's not like a mentor or anyone. He's, like, he's also like one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league, and there are like no design runs for him. He like, he's not using his mobility, which I don't understand. Like maybe I mean, it's a coaching thing, but if coaching's been the issue, I can promise you it's not going to get better because Gannon will not be helping. Gannon, if anything, will <laughs> make the defense go from worse to even more than worse. So. Yeah. Who'd they hire for the offense quarter? The for the Browns quarterback coach, right? Or tight end coach? Um I don't he know. He was just exact. someone was just hired. Exactly. I don't know the name of him, which I should. I think it's um Drew something. Drew Petsing. The NFL He's like put the QB coach of Cleveland, I think. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Drew yeah. The NFL should put in place like a golf handicap system for the Cardinals where they start with like 14 points every game and just play it out and see if they can be like competitive. Well, with that being said, <laughs> what do we think the Cardinals go this year? I think they go. Oh, and 17. Oh, and 17. Not a single game. One. Okay, I'll give them four. Eh. four. Eh. I'll give them four. Also. Yeah. Z. Bad. I don't give a fuck. Just bad. They're terrible. Tyler <laughs> sucks. That's the record, just bad. Okay, just bad. It's impressive. Right, so the last one we'll talk about. This one isn't really being talked about enough. I don't, I don't know, but Ryan Flores is now the defensive coordinator of the Vikings. All year, the Vikings defense was in the bottom three of the NFL. You know that, and yeah, see, like it's not even being talked about. And Flores obviously went through the whole scandal and all that. Uh, I love this hire. And he was a great coach with Miami. So I'm curious to see what he brings to this defense. It's going to be interesting to see what they really add in free agency. Um, They definitely need to restructure a lot of their pieces. And they definitely have no pass rush, no secondary. Now Pat Peterson's like their number one corner. And he's like, he's like getting a retirement home. So like, it's going to be really interesting to see like what pieces they add. But I think Flores is a great start. Well, they have Smith, Ginger, also Zadarius. They do have Zadarius, and he had a great season. Zedarius I love this good. for them. He was on. He was coaching uh, Pittsburgh last year, and with as bad as Pittsburgh offense was, their defense was like pretty damn good, even without TJ Watt. For they're always good though. A little bit of the year, yeah. But I mean, you have to give some of the credit to the coach. He, I think it's a great hire for them. Definitely, I, I completely agree. I was just gonna say Pittsburgh was a team on defense that didn't have a lot of talent this year, and. He was, I think, he was the linebackers coach. I mean, they they played phenomenally all year, and I, I mean, credit Mike Tomlin too. But it's say, definitely, yeah. definitely a definitely a good hire. Brian Flores has done nothing but success. Pretty much only had success in the NFL. He's under the Belichick tree. He's going to be a solid hire for the Vikings. Yeah, players love him. He's coaching with a chip on his shoulder after a pretty a fire in Miami that kind of shocked everyone around the league, but. That Vikings defense has been bad, but I think 
I mean, there's there's no much lower they can go, and Flores is going to spark that defense. 100%. So what do we think they're going to go? I think they win. I'd say I'm going to go with 10 wins this year, 10 and 7. I was going to say 10 and 7, yeah. Almost at 11, but I'll stick with 10. I'm going to say 12 and 5. I think they're going to be just as good as last year, just not win as many close games. But I think I think the Vikings are going to be very competitive this year. I will say this, though. So I think Rodgers is obviously out of that division. I think Detroit's going to get better. Chicago, they have nothing to worry about. But I, they're going to lose Thielen on offense, aren't they? He's, he's going to walk. I don't yeah, know. but I'm sure they can replace Thielen at this age, at this state of his career. Agreed. Who's their they third, also have who's their third receiver? the best receiver in football. Who's their third receiver that they had at that, that, that guy? Osborne? He's good. Jalen Rieger? <laughs> Not him. <laughs> no, KJ Osborne, yeah. He's solid. Um, I'll go 11 and 6 for the Vikings. I think they have another solid year. Yeah, I think 10 to 12, that's a good range for them. It's fair. Nice. All right, guys. What an episode. We got some more coming soon. We're going to start releasing these weekly instead of it scattering all over the place. Got some big guests. I just got a big confirmation from a big guest today. And we got some more coming forward. So we thank you guys for tuning in. ATS for life.